Hello, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, the podcast where myself and a few of my friends get together and discuss nerdy things. Just a reminder, if you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to Seriously Pointless Conversations' YouTube channel, or you can find us on your favorite podcasting apps. Thank you for your support. Without you, none of this would be possible. Thanks for coming by. Now let's get into the episode. Hi, and welcome to Seriously Pointless Conversations About Culture, your Seriously Pointless podcast about all your nerdy geek things across time and this pumpkin pie-laden season. It's pumpkin spice season, baby. That's right, girlfriend. <laughs> How basic are you, James? Are you pretty basic? I'm very basic. You know, when I look at you, James, I don't see basic. I see extra. Well, I can be extra, too. You're extra basic. We're going to have an extra dinner party tomorrow. <laughs> That's right, we are. And guys, so this is the wonderful uh, fall edition of our show before we get into the wonderful Christmas caroling uh, season, which will be next month, guys. But this is going to be November's news, guys. Um, I hope you guys are having a wonderful holiday so holiday season so far. Uh, obviously, I know people that are outside of the U.S. probably don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but here in the U.S., we like to stuff our faces every November. It is the American way. That is right. Overindulge and pass out on the couch while... They want your your in laws watch some sort of sporting event that you don't care about. For example, Andy's has their pumpkin pie concretes back. Is is that a uh, a local eatery of sorts, James? That we like to go to? It is semi local. It's a franchise. <laughs> it is pretty good. So it's it, actually a little bigger than Ted Drews in terms of total volume. Yes, even Ted Drews is probably the more famous locally. I so I was in trouble quite a bit whenever. Um, by now, people might know this, but when I was in law enforcement, the the Andy's was right next to the police department, and they would literally give us like eighty percent off Holy cow. every time you would go there. And for the first couple of like months that we moved into the new P, the police department there, I went there a lot, James. I bet you did. <laughs> and then I told myself, Dave, you've probably gained probably like fifteen pounds <laughs> a month. You need to stop. It was all really good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, what? Like a small concrete it's probably 2,000 calories. God, it's so good, though, man. Oh, it's so uh, good. Whenever we're having a bad day at work, someone will go out and get Andy's and bring it back. That's, that's what that's we, we do. Like, so whenever we got stuck on like a crime scene for a long period of time, the next day, whoever, was, uh, uh, whoever was, wasn't doing anything as much, usually a sergeant or whatever, would grab uh, Andy's first the next day and bring it into, into work and be like, good job last night, guys. And I'm like, thanks. I'm going to drown all my sorrows in food. <laughs> it's either that or booze at home, so it's one of the two. So, But luckily, I don't have to deal with that shit anymore. I can actually watch mm-hmm. what I eat. But except for tomorrow night, tomorrow night, I'm going to indulge a little bit. I've been I, good this week, James. I have I have planned a very extra menu. So. Don't, don't, don't ruin it for us because uh, <laughs> tomorrow, guys, so... Is also the other. That's the other thing that's kind of going on in the in the. Uh, I don't know if people do these a lot during the regular time of the year, but I know we do them quite a bit during the fall and the winter months. Uh, murder mystery parties, which we're going to be doing tomorrow. I'm yes. I'm very much looking forward. Like my costume is on point because you asked us. To, uh, your wife Kelly asked us to uh, dress up uh, specifically for this. So I'm very excited yeah, about we're this. We're doing a costumed murder mystery dinner with a nice meal and lots of drinks. It's going to be. Going to be quite a few people there too. So I mean, it'll be fun. So looking forward to so enough about our plans that we what we will be are going to do what have you been up to james i know you've um i just just did a week of nights which was horrible yeah and i you know kind of sandwiched that with a week in mexico which was wonderful so it's kind of a kind of a quick quick jerk like you fly off and you're like i need to get a tan a little bit of margarita in my hand and then i i flew back into st louis 
went home, stayed up, and then went right into the night shift. Like better man than I am. It was, you know, at least I didn't spend the whole week anticipating it. Yes, because that's one of the worst things about going on to a week of nights when you don't do it all the time. Is that spend like the entire week beforehand just kind of torturing torturing yourself. A little bit of anxiety. And yeah. this way, I could just be drunk on the beach, which, you know, was nice and relaxing. Definitely lowers anxiety. It definitely lowered anxiety. <laughs> and I managed to get third place in the costume contest, despite not really having a costume. That's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we didn't know if the resort was going to have a costume or a Halloween event, uh-huh. but we bought some cheap fox ears off of Amazon. <laughs> and we're like, we're just going to put them on and we'll have a quote-unquote costume to wear <laughs> third place. It's all that matters. <laughs> You know what? Sometimes it's 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 kind of like that video. What's that TV show? Oh, whose lies it anyways? Yes. The the game. The the rules are all made up, and the points don't matter. Exactly. <laughs> so that's, that's I love that show. By the way, that was a great show. But I've been playing Ni no Kuni two. Oh. Which on the Switch, which has been fun. Mm-hmm. The game definitely was not optimized very well for the Switch. When you're playing in handheld mode, it runs like butter. Yes. When you're playing it on the big screen, it is choppy. Yes. For very unclear reasons because it's got like PlayStation two or three era graphics. So it was just a kind of a it was kind of a rough port in my opinion because I, I remember playing it and that's kind of one of the things that kind of bounced me off of Duke because I had I had I have it for my PlayStation four which I played on that originally and then I also got it for the uh, Switch like you did mm-hmm. a while ago and that's the thing like you were saying is I I, I normally I had started playing it handheld and then one night i was on nights at the time when i got it because i was still working for the police department and it i threw it on the big screen and i'm not impressed at all no it's it's good in handheld mode yeah i played it a lot when i was sitting on the beach because it has this kingdom building mechanic where you have to keep coming back yes to get your money and your supplies and stuff and you know i could whip out the switch and get on there every 30 or 40 minutes when i was on the beach i know you could yeah (laughs) That's that's the one thing I told Jackie is like if we do go do a, a vacation to a beach anytime soon, I'm gonna be taking that switch. Even if they even if Nintendo's come out with another console, I'm gonna take that thing with me and I'm probably gonna play on the beach the whole time while the kids are running around for a little while. Well, and that's we went there to chill. And so yeah. Kelly was doing Sudoku and listening to an audiobook. I was playing on the Switch <laughs> and the manservants were bringing us drinks. Oh, the I mean, manservants. All, all was as it should be. That's exactly right. So I like that. So, so you've been playing a little bit of Nino Kuni too. Have you gotten a chance to watch anything at all? Or you just been kind of taking it easy? Uh, I've been starting in on this new season of anime. Yeah. I haven't watched too much of it yet. So. It's acceptable. We'll get through it. I it, get it, man. It is, a, it is a stacked season, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. A hundred percent. And I, I am. I watched the first three episodes of Chainsaw Man. You like it? I do so far. Okay. It's, I haven't touched it yet. It, I think it's going to be good. The the artwork is really, really great. The character building so far, a few episodes in, has been good. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what you think. You're interested. Interested. I'm interested to see how, how you feel about it, because I know... Everything I've seen on it as well, it kind of just want to make sure that it's gonna it is not, meet my expectations, right? It's not a straight up gore ripper, which is what I was concerned about. Yeah, I was concerned it was going to be like a, and I'm going to piss some people off here, like a Fist of the North Star type thing, where it's just the guy goes through and just beats up the person of the way. I, I didn't with know little that. to no plot in between, which I know some people really really love stuff like that. Yeah, uh, it does have some plot. It does have a good story. It has interesting characters. 
it does have a lot of gory stuff, and so far the character, the main character, the, the titular Chainsaw Man, is motivated by pretty straightforward stuff. Ah. Like, he wants to get food, he wants to meet a girl. To be fair, though. Somewhat that's... juvenile, but it's also basic humanity stuff, and so I think yeah. it's going to be the show as him kind of growing up as we go. Okay. But it's interesting. Sounds like fun, so... On my end, though, um, so I haven't watched a whole lot. I actually, well, let me take it back. I was getting over a migraine a couple of days ago, and I took off the day, and all I did was I sat there and I watched. I think I watched an entire season of South Park. Nice. And it was it was well worth it because <laughs> I started in on season nine, and I think that's really where they well I think that's really where they found their 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 cadence. Now, which season was season nine? That's the one where Mr. Garrison, the first episode is Mr. Garrison gets a sex change. Oh, yeah. So then they have, like, the mouse running around by the end of the season. Yeah. It, that's a good season. And, and I just started season 10 because I was rewatching it. And that's the one where they bring Chef back where because the guy that plays his, played his voice, he, he was a Scientologist and they made fun of Scientology. And they bring him back and they're like, Chef's a pedophile now. And I'm just like, the uh, Super Adventure Club. <laughs> yeah, we're not, not to be confused by the Adventure Club, which they just go on kayaking stuff we travel around the world to have sex with little boys and little kids are just like what yes is that the episode that have the chili con carnival as well because i feel like season nine is one where they no. just, like, they took it to the to the hilt they just went way over the top they did and there's something on there really good <laughs> like season nine the last episode of season nine which is what i just watched a little while ago was the one where the virgin mary was bleeding and rainy yeah. was an alcoholic and i was like this is that's just them they're you could tell they were kind of hitting a hitting, hitting a wall a little bit, and they were just trying to like see. I think they honestly throughout that entire season they were trying to see how how many people they could out honestly just piss off at once because mm-hmm. they hit every group. They hit they hit Catholics, they hit Mormons, they hit Scientologists. Yeah, they did. I think they had a thing against religion that season, like hardcore. So they kind of hit everything. Yeah, it was. It was. It was uh, a lot. <laughs> it, it was a lot. The fa- I, I said some of the best episodes they put out are in that season. It really, really, truly. But the the apocalypse part is probably my next favorite season after that one. But I haven't, I haven't like gotten season there. twenty or something. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm going to go through them all because like it's I can I turn it on in the background while I'm working a lot of times. And every once in a while, I'll look, I'll hear a joke. And I'm like, it's funny, and I'll go back to doing what I was doing. But I cannot wait. I forgot what season the Amazingly Randy is in because oh, that's that's that's, uh, that's later on. It's like it's it's pretty far on. That's in, the cock magic episode. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy that kind of stuff. So I, I'm interested to see where I get to where, what season that is. But um, but anyways, other than that, main thing I've been actually been doing was actually was um, before I got a headache and a little bit today. Um, before you got here during my lunch break, I was I started playing some uh, uh, two games in particular. One, Space Ogan, Organ Overlord Trader Simulator. Tell me about this one, because I've seen that one on the Xbox Game Pass, and I've been a little afraid of it. It's really addictive. <laughs> it's legitimately just like a stock market game, but you're a space overlord that trades organs for money. <laughs> and it's, it, I mean, honestly, it's just like a stock market. You're like selling stocks on organs and selling organs to people that have requests and I'll things like that. You, whenever I saw the name of the game, I thought, oh, this is a RimWorld spinoff. <laughs> it is ridiculously fun, James. Like, you, I have to go and like, 
So what they'll do is it's not slow at all. What they'll do is they'll have like a train, a training uh, time. Like you have to push a button for, it says trade. Like you start trade. It has a, it gives you a timer of like a minute 30 or something like that, or like yeah. a minute. And you have other people, well, AIs are trading against you and they all have different like trading types. Like they go after certain things. Well, you have to meet these requests that you have from people that you, you can select them. Yeah. And as you fulfill the request, you get, obviously you get money, but you also go up in rep- reputation, which unlocks newer types of organs and little things like that. And they, it increasingly gets more difficult. Like people will get more specific. Like some people are like, I, I want a new pair of lungs, but eventually they're like, I want a heart that's rare and above a condition 75, which they all have different like ratings. Things I need like a that. centaur's lungs, a male centaur. The best one. Good family. The best one is they have a a, a a rare item that spawns every so often. It's called Little Joey's Heart. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad, but it's really funny. But it's worth, like, on, on a bad day, it's worth, like, $10,000, which is ridiculous oh, in that game. So if you just want a fun, like, dumb, fun time, this I'm honestly... Re- this reminds me of, like, the lemonade selling games we used to play on Java back in the day. But instead of of selling cups of lemonade, you're selling hearts. It is 100% like that. And I think that's what kind of like made me kind of dig into it a little bit. And also, I I think I also have a little bit of a, it's, I have a small little gambling addiction, but I I play it off in things like, oh, I'm going to put a tiny little money in the stock market on my own. But this, I'll I'll do it on a video game because I have a, I am deathly afraid of going to casino and trying to play because I just know I'm going to, I'm going to be one of those people that will put down money and like, let it ride. Once you get a taste of it, you're going to. I can't do it, man. Because I because I love to play poker with my family, but I don't play for money and I just have fun. Mm -hmm. I just I can't do it, man. I just have one of those personalities, I think. So I've occasionally gone to a casino Mm -hmm. where you come in and be like, okay, here's a hundred bucks for me, here's a hundred bucks for the missus. Yeah. And we're not gonna spend anymore. And it is amazing how fast you can lose that money. Like even going in to lose, I'm expecting, you know, this will be the evening's entertainment. We're gonna do a couple hours. No. Free drinks. That hundred bucks took about fifteen minutes to lose. Yep, and that's even if you do something cheap like like the penny slots or something like that. You know, it's well, like well, that's like sitting down on the poker machine playing the five dollar poker hands or something. Yeah, because by it happens real fast. Twenty, and that's the reason they set it up like that because it's they have working for the casino. I worked for a casino. I don't know if you knew this about me or not, but I worked for for a casino as a surveillance officer for probably about three months. Oh, I didn't know you did that. Did it for three months before I started at Potosi as an officer there, and I was like. Nope, I'm good. I'm done with this. I can't sit in front of a TV screen all day and watch people play poker. And I also felt really, I just felt just like kind of disgusting working there a little bit. I hate to say that. And just the things that they do to make sure that you stay there and the things that they watch people do, like, like if they see you winning on a consistent basis, they flag you and things like that. And it's, even if you're just not, even though, even if you're not cheating, they, they watch you like a hawk. Yeah. And they'll cut you off and things like that. So, like it's a, like I said, man, it's you're they're made. The, the system is made for them to make oh, money, obviously. And then, and then once they know that you're going to be a regular, then they get you hooked by starting to offer you perks. Yes. Where it's like, oh, we'll give you free dinner. You don't even have to play the games. Just come by and yep. have a free dinner sometime. Just, and they know that you're going to invite a bunch of friends, and you guys are all going to gamble yep. it all away. Like it's. I don't know how many times I've seen. I mean, this is like even in Cape Girardeau where like there's a clearly marked exit. Yeah. Like if you go to Vegas, like sometimes you gotta like walk down the up escalator to get out. Like it's predatory. Oh, 100%, dude. Like, and I remember seeing people, 
um, come in and you could just watch them like their heads would get lower as they're playing these machines or whatever it was. And you could tell like, oh, somebody just blew the mortgage for the month. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like just trying to get ahead. I'm like, just do something else with it, man. Like just, I don't know, take that extra money you learn, you get, put it in a bond, make like 10 extra bucks off it because bonds at that time were probably really crappy investments. Now kids, by the way, if you haven't got on that thing, US bonds, buy them. (laughs) Worth a lot of money. Bonds are a great long-term investment. Yeah. Emphasis on long-term. A hundred percent, yeah. So it's, it's, but, but yeah, it's, it's. I will say whenever the Powerball hit like a billion dollars, I thought about going on getting a ticket. I, I do. It's two bucks. I'm like, okay, I can gamble once a year whenever the, the Powerball hits a million dollars. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a billion dollars, yeah. Oh my God. It's a fantasy. To be able to go into work and be like, you know. He's like, I'm gone. <laughs> Can't deal with me anymore. See, I, be, I will continue to work under my <laughs> that's right you can't you can't tell them what to do but uh, other than that i bit of that and um i also started replaying man eater which i had you i enjoyed man eater a lot it was fun i so so here's the thing man i remember when i initially started playing and i was really against it and i just i just couldn't get into it now i just maybe i was in a weird place in my life but now i'm like huh this is fun i kind of like i kind of like the repetition of having to like go out and like attack different things and i think finally that i've figured out like it's more about exploring the area and finding out what i need to consume to get bigger because i just hit the adult stage i'm enjoying it quite a bit the bigger you get the better it gets and exactly it's got a simple gameplay loop where like you said it's it's just about going out and eating a bunch of people yes finding the collectibles unlocking the evolutions yep and just seeing how crazy you can be and really it's a the game is as long as it could possibly be. Like, yes. Like, if it was any longer, it would be mind-numbing. But, yeah. like, it's, it's just a fun romp. And, yeah. I, I think I'm going to try and 100% just because it's it's got the collectible feel to it, but it's also enough, con- it's contained enough. I don't feel like it's going to be humongous no, like a... Not. I 100%ed it and the expansion. Oh, see, I see. It's, like, less than 20 hours for both games. It's, oh, wow. It's, it's pretty easy. good. You, yeah, can play, I, you can play it a few hours here and there and finish it easy. Yeah, I think I'm only, I'm only, like, two or three hours into it playing it again so it'll be fun so but yeah other than that um yeah been just kind of taking it easy doing that but all right guys i think we're getting into the news a little bit james game releases game releases game releases for november um i don't know why i wanted to sound like a radio dj well, there so for we're still in the early part of november but things are definitely going to heat up this month so the, i know we've we've beaten the pokemon game yeah death, so we're gonna just pass on talking more about that what are you talking about, James? Why, why do you want to pass on the Pokemon game? I mean, I'd be glad to talk about all the leaks and stuff. <laughs> the few people who watch this and listen to this are probably getting sick of us talking about What are you Pokemon. talking about? So <laughs> the, the big ones that I know uh, that are really standoutish are obviously Sonic Frontiers. Which I am kind of excited about. I It looks good. I It looks good. I'm hoping this will be the Mario Odyssey for Sonic, which has not had a, a really great 3D title yet. Yes. And that's what people are really saying about it so far. What? Because I actually watched um, Completionist, who is one of the guys I was telling you I watch, mm-hmm. and he got an early review copy of from Sega, and he was showing gameplay of it, and even him saying, "Have it." Oh, excuse me, that was a burp. Um, him having to go through and um, unlock uh, some of the other characters like yeah. Knuckles and all those guys. He he said even with that, it was still fun. It was very much. It definitely has its kind of little grindy moments and whatnot, but that's if you have something that's similar to like Super Mario Odyssey, 
it's gonna you're gonna have a little bit of a grind to it, obviously trying yeah. to get all the collectibles right. and stuff. But I'm he's hoping saying, they give it the Mario's Odyssey or even the uh, gosh, what was the Bowser Revenge? Mario? You're talking about uh, uh, yeah, Bowser's Revenge or the Bowser's Revenge treatment that they probably get with the three All Stars. Yeah, yeah, I get so. Uh, that, it's definitely like, so. What I've Something seen, like, it, you know, it's like gaming crack, where you get a little little bump every thirty seconds to a minute or two. Yeah, it is. It is very much like that from what I've seen them play. Like that, it, and, and it, but the thing is though, every like, it's like set set up four separate like islands or whatever it is. I think it's what he mm-hmm. said it was, and they all are very much. You move around the islands very much like you're in an original Sonic like. 3d kind of game that's nice and they do also but he says but you'll also go into some levels or some areas of the of the zones where they have they have traditional side scrolling sonic parts of it okay which are really cool so that's you cool. get you get a little taste of both right yeah so i'm really interested to see that i kind of want to i want to get it at some point i'm probably not gonna get it right away but i'll i'll mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get into it um Ghost Simulator 3. You want to get Ghost Simulator 3. Um, God of Roar, War Ragnarok, was, which is the biggest one I wanted to play, talk about. Yeah. That one has just been, it's out now since the time of this recording, which is today's the 11th. It's, it came out on the 9th. Mm-hmm. Been nonstop, nothing but good reviews. Um, I'm I'm not going to get it for the PS4. I'm just going to wait until I, I can play it. I'm surprised you would already have it. No, <laughs> I just don't have... One, I don't have... The, um, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't have the money or the looking forward to getting it. I'm probably just going to wait a little bit until probably it drops on uh, PlayStation Plus, uh, which will probably be at least a year. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. I still I still haven't, I beat the other one. I just haven't 100%ed it. It just, it's not... I, it's not on my my radar of things that I just absolutely have to get anymore, James. Fair enough. So, um, but the only downside is I know people are probably going to ruin it for me. So, but yeah, probably. Uh, let's see, Humankind wasn't that that was a out so on Xbox already. That was released for the Game Pass already because it was through Microsoft Studios. I think it's releasing for other systems now. Other systems. So yeah. it was okay. Um, if you like the Endless Legends uh, type system, um, which they do things like Planetfall and other things like that, okay. it has that kind of same feel to it. Um, it was okay. I still like Civ a lot more because it's. I feel like I just like the way the systems move a little bit more in that. And then again, I've also put way more time into that than these. So maybe if I go back to it at a later date and try and sit down and really get, dig into it. I like it a little bit more, but, and also I did play it when it first came out. So they might've patched quite a bit of things to make it a little bit better. I didn't so. feel like it had the same depth of like Civ, mm. but it didn't, it didn't run smoothly. Like love, like a lighter RTS does. So I, yeah, it, it was in a weird middle spot for me. I think they were trying to do that mainly because they're trying to, I think they were trying to get it to come out on the switch at some point. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm trying to think of anything. Um, uh, Call of Duty Warzone 2, which I'm not a Call of Duty person, but I'm sure that is big. That is definitely something that people are coming into. Um, things that I was looking forward to, uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, The Devil in Me. I love the Dark Anthology series. Yeah. Have you ever played any of those? I don't think I've played any of those. So they're definitely like suspense horror games um, that deal with a lot of uh, kind of Cthulhu-esque 
ideas like you never really 100% know what the big bad thing is going on there it's usually something like that somebody like you can you can either you can almost perceive it as maybe like something's wrong with the person like it's like it's a mental thing or it could actually be something legitimately like evil or weird that's going after the person so these games are pretty cool the story it's mostly more about the storytelling Mm -hmm. and the kind of adventure aspect of the game yeah. Uh, it's definitely not an open world type game, but it's it's still fun. I like the series, and they're always kind of just got that weird uh, other game. They have two other games, or two or three other games that I think they have. I think there's one. It's um, the Man of Madan, and I'm trying to think what the other one was. The Man of, the Man from Madan or the Man from Madan is the newest one they came out with, other than this one. So. It's really good stuff. I enjoyed it. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else that you really... Evil West is on here. I like Evil West. That's kind of like a... Um... Oh, a... Um... What's the game where it's over... It's a it's a turn-based tactics game. Uh, PsyOps. Not PsyOps. Yeah. It's PsyOps. What's it called? PsyOps. I can't remember, but it's, an, it's, but it's basically just like a um, Eldritch... Wild West kind of game, okay. so it's fun. I enjoy. It. I think it'd be fun. So, other than that, not a whole lot. So, Overwatch Two has been out for about a month now. So yeah, that's so. Moving from the um, the game releases um, into the news, talking about games and their game updates um, in particular. I know we were kind of moving into that a little bit more. Um, the you said uh, Overwatch Two. Particularly announced they had a new character coming out, which uh, is Ramatra. Yeah, just how he's, do, a, he's a new tank, but he kind of has an enraged type ability where he can. Uh, it's his like unleashed form or something. I think is what they called it. Is that what he's he, called? He, he drops a lot of his defense and gains a whole lot of extra damage. Okay, so uh, he's pretty. He seems like a pretty cool character. He seems like he'll be a very good tank. Uh, the story behind him is interesting. He's actually the leader of Null Sector. Oh. And him and Zanyata have some type of past together whenever they were part of the robot music. And so we're kind of continuing to bring in more of the villain characters from the Overwatching storyline of Overwatch. I so, like that they're doing that. I think he's yeah, pretty cool. He's a cool character. His character design definitely shows different sensibilities than the original ones did. He's got more of a futuristic kind of edgy robot feel whereas oh. the original Overwatch characters had more of a you know, cartoony archetypical yeah so this is like what you were saying earlier he definitely had he says he has a tank he has two different forms a ranged defensive omniac omnic, 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 omnic form yeah. and a, a offensive brawler nemesis form oh cool mm-hmm. so yeah so yeah, he's, he's an interesting character so he's the uh, antithesis of Zenyatta he's a Storyline wise, yeah, yeah, I like it. So that'd be fun. So the thing about this guy, though, is um, they're locking him behind the battle pass, like they said they're going to. So which is is, they have to hit level fifty five on the battle pass, which is a good chunk of gameplay time. Yeah, I know. Or you have to pay for the paid battle pass. So they are doubling down on the live service game. I can understand. Like I said, it's it a little part of me understands, but a little part of me makes it makes it makes it makes me a little mad. <laughs> well, and this is kind of my thing, right? If you are going to play the game for twenty or thirty hours a month every month, yeah, 
it's a good deal. Yep. You get tons of little unlockables, you get new characters, new maps, content comes out way faster in this type of model of gameplay. Yep. If you are older and more casual, it can get very expensive very quickly to get very little. Yep. And uh, I have mixed feelings, especially because I'm falling into the older and more casual group. What are you talking about, James? You are young and spry? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, I tend to like pick a game and I play it and then I'll move on to the next game. I don't. You don't usually play stuff forever, so <laughs> my wife really likes Overwatch, and she might buy some of these battle passes and play it to death, and yeah. she'll have a good time with it. I probably won't. Let's see. That's kind of like the the the. I think it's kind of also more of a guy thing, though, too, because I know, like in in our small circle of friends, I know like that's mainly what we'll do, because we can, we like to jump from games to games. But I notice that like our wives, they'll usually stick to like one game. And <laughs> that's what Kelly does. She'll that's what they'll game. play. Yeah, she'll play it to death. So she might get on a Binding of Isaac kick or an Overwatch kick or whatever she's playing. Sh- she'll play it, play it, play it, play it, play it. Yeah, and she will literally try to get everything and anything from it. I feel like I have to get things in like small chunks and waves. Well, like Overwatch one, she used to play competitive too. Like yeah, she played a lot of hours of competitive Overwatch. Yeah, I remember seeing her play that, and she was pretty good at it too. She and was it's, just, good. it's just, I just don't know if I'm gonna hunker down and pay for the battle pass or even just like you just know, put in the time for it though. I so. think once they get enough characters built up, it might be worth could, it. They could go like more of the League of Legends approach where you just have unlocked the characters you want to play. I kind of hope but they do that. The problem with like the central game mechanic of Overwatch is switching characters mid-game, mid-match, and so having larger pools unlocked is part of playing the game. Yeah. You know, it doesn't help that there's only like five tanks and five supports right now, so I feel like if you're going to be a tank player, you have all the tanks. And I'm also curious to see if they if the battle pass is only good for say a certain season and then you can't unlock that character at a certain point. You have to pay by the battle pass each season. They're saying that once you have once the season is over, the character will be unlockable through like a special challenge. Which so far the special challenges for new players to the game have been like play a certain number of matches to get the old characters. That's not bad. I don't know if it's going to be different for the new ones, but they will be unlockable okay. with patience. And so ultimately for someone super casual like me, it may not matter that much. Yeah. If I can come back and unlock them without paying, trying too hard, that's fine. That's that's kind of what I was feeling too, is like at some point it's just going to be easier for me to go in, not pay the battle pass, wait like, you know, six, eight months or whatever it is, and, you know, go through and swoop up whatever characters they're releasing yeah, and so it's it's very aggressively monetized. It's not that different from other similar titles, which is I'm trying to say to be fair. I'm not saying that's healthy for the game industry. No, but, it's it's definitely not. But at the same time, it's something we have to deal with. So, well, the, the gaming market is bigger than TV and movies put together now, and so it's ridiculous it's, amount of much how much money that's going into like more kids nowadays will gladly spend money on a brand new gaming PC that they may not know how to build and than they would on, say, uh, a television um, a subscription service or whatever it is, because you can do everything you can do on a PC and a, and a screen for a decent amount of money. You can do with like that. You can do, you can have, you can do everything. I'm sorry, take that back. Everything you can do on a television Mm-hmm. by itself with just like TV and things like that, interacting with that, you can do on a computer. Yeah. 
you that all that stuff is there. You just got to find it. And so, like a lot of people are saying, they're cutting out the middleman essentially. So, well, just think about it. we were whenever we were kids growing up, we might get the Pokemon game or the Zelda game or whatever, yeah. and we would play it to death for six months. But at the same time, though, too, you have to get it on a separate system. That's that a separate would... console. It's a separate game. I'm just saying, kids are doing the same thing now, but they're doing it on these live service games, and yeah. so they might be obsessed with Fortnite for a couple of years. And, or for the rest of our lives, I've run into some of them. For the rest of their lives. I mean, it's... And, it's... and it's something, I guess it's understandable because I guess it's, you look at it and you think, what's what's wrong with these kids? But I do the same. I've done the same thing with things that I've enjoyed to death, like turn... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Hellboy. It's just How like... How many hours of Civ 2 do you have logged? <laughs> don't. We're not going to talk about it. And it's, and like I said, it's... It's always, we're going to pretend that you didn't call out my one addiction that I have. Well, the one game that I probably, well, there's two games probably that I have put way yeah, more. Well, a few games like that. It's just, you just put way, way too many hours into it. But, but yeah, that's definitely something that I think that it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of, this part of the gaming, gaming sphere evolves over the next decade or so, because I just don't see how it can stand up and keep going the way it's going with the different kind of battle passes and different, you know, monetization that it's going through. It's, at some point, somebody's, people are going to get tired of it and they're going to move on to something else. Well, I just and, have a feeling. And that's kind of what we've talked about over the last year or so. I think from the outside, the name of the game is they're trying to capture the marketplace. Yeah. And the, the, the corporations are trying to race to become the first person too big to leave. Like so, that's like uh, like Xbox is trying to buy out Blizzard and everything yeah. else, and Sony is sweating a little bit right now. I don't. They, yeah, they've actually taken them to court, and this might be something we can talk about as one of our new segments too. But uh, right now, Microsoft is trying to purchase Blizzard, which we mentioned before. They're doing a merger. Yep. Uh, Sony has tried to contest this in court, saying that some games like Battlegrounds and stuff are so big that it would hurt them significantly financially to have it come under one one roof and uh, Microsoft's counterpoint is pretty poignant in that they're saying that well one Sony your console demographic is like three times the size of ours to begin with yeah it's like we could take every player who plays these games on your consoles and make them Xbox exclusive players and they would still be bigger than us yeah but then too it's also kind of hypocritical because Sony's made its entire thing about console exclusive games None of their games go to PC no. until like a decade later, if they ever do. Well, like even their God of War game and their uh, Horizon game, they came out a while ago. They just came to PC, and it's almost been five, four or five years after the fact. Which is an eternity. Yeah, and the game is fair. They still sold some, but at the same time, it's just like, it's it's might as well, for all intents and purposes... It's an exclusive. Well, it's the same thing with these live service games, right? And especially if they want to get into esports, which yeah, everyone's trying to solve the magic formula to make esports a thing. It's I think the writing's on the wall that it is going to be a thing. Oh yeah, especially with the younger generation being less and less interested in regular sports. I mean, stuff like the uh, like the League of Legends league—they just had their World Series this month, yep. and they've drawn in record numbers. And just so Overwatch tried really hard before, and then they shot themselves in their foot with their sequel and no content. And I think Blizzard's going to give it another go. 
And part of that thing is like if you want to have a Overwatch esports, that means you need to have players who play it constantly too. And yep. the live service model feeds into that. I can see that. So like it, it can't be a one done game if you want to make a sport out of it. No, it has, it has to be, be something that constantly grows and constantly changes and yep. that means it needs a constant cash flow. And I think Which it's is something the original Overwatch lacked. They, yeah. I mean, they had the loot boxes, but that just wasn't enough money. To which is which is why I think, like I was saying earlier, and you're, you've also kind of hit on it quite a bit of time, a few times. That is why they're doing this live games as a live service now. They're, they've changed the model so they can Overwatch Two, as my, my, in my opinion, is going to be the last Overwatch that they come out with. They're just going to update as yeah. they go along. That's that is it's going to be like wow at this at a certain point it's it's literally they're just going to update it and update it and update it and it's going to be Overwatch two and eventually it's just going to be Overwatch online is what it would probably yeah. be if something done like that they've got a single player not a single player they've got a multiplayer PVE game mode that's like three quarters done yeah. that they're sitting on right now too yeah like I said it's it's all about seeing how they're going to evolve and it'll be interesting to see so which I think will play the heck out of the PVE game mode. Oh, 100%, yeah. I actually have, like, talents and character builds for PvE. I think we would have a lot of fun with that. But. I'm interested to see how it goes. So, next anyway, stuff before... about big gaming stuff. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, so, Remedy uh, Studios actually just announced that they're going to be coming out with Control 2, which I don't... Did you ever get a chance to play Control 2 at all? I think I did. So, this is the one where they came out with... It's where the... Um, I am trying to remember her name. She was, um, basically the protagonist is a woman that comes in as the, um, she's supposed to be an agent for, uh, a, with the federal, uh, a federal agency that basically deals with like paranormal type stuff. I'm trying to remember what the name of the, the, okay. what the, uh, the, the agency is called. But anyways, anyways, she comes in here and weird stuff starts happening. People basically start getting replaced with these otherworldly um kind of like creatures that have kind of kind of like red energy for heads and things like that and they're kind of like evil and stuff like that but essentially the whole thing is you're trying to uh stop an invasion from this force and it's all centered around you being inside of your this this um this federal building that looks nonchalant from the outside it looks like just a stereotypical federal building but you go in but it's really cool, but you have, like, psychic powers and a gun. And the lore behind it is actually really cool once you get into it a little bit more. But essentially... I like the shooters where you can get special powers to go into. That's always fun. It is really, it is really fun. But the whole concept, like, apparently it came out with... When they when it came out, it had really good reviews and whatnot. And I enjoyed it quite a bit. So I think it's still the, the big... I think... The big edition or the, 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 the Game of the Year edition is free on Game Pass, I think think but essentially what the the big news about this though is that uh, control uh, remedy announced that they're going to be partnering with um 505 games uh to develop and co-publish uh control 2 which hopefully um it's going to be bigger than what it was last time uh, and i'm really excited about that so if you guys haven't yet che- had a chance to check out this game um it's really fun i this is the main character right here James, but yeah she's um it's all really fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I've been wanting to do a really a uh, episode on it for a while, but uh, yeah, it's good stuff. It... Another thing to talk about is the metaverse. Oh God! Oh, the suck the suck stirs at it again. So they're laying out. They're laying off a 
11,000 employees. Which was, I read, was 13%, 13% of the workforce. Which is an absolutely insane workforce for an unprofitable venture so far. Yes. But they've lost more than a billion dollars in valuation as the stock market crashed on them. Oh my God. So like I'm reading here yet. So in, in the, so here's a, here's a quote for you guys. So in the last, um, the spending that it, it in, uh, for this year to date, metaverse has only made $285 million in the past three months. I apologize, but spent $3.672 billion. It's absolute insanity. And for what you see and what you're you're getting and all this, it's just insane. Like how can how can anybody keep up like with that? Like how does he expect this to even work? I mean I think at some point something like the metaverse is going to kick off. I don't know that we're ready for it yet. I think the VR sets are too expensive. Yeah, I mean, if it comes down to something like... Yeah, like even a cheap VR set, which, by the way, you can't, like, sit on the couch and play with your family. This would be a one-person setup. Yes. It's like 400 bucks, and you need a high-quality gaming PC to pair that with. So the real cost is something like two grand, just to get into it. Yeah, even, even like, my computer probably could run it very well. I mean... I know they're trying to make the metaverse more accessible now. So, like, instead of being VR only, they're apparently adding like a smartphone entry and a PC webcam entry. Yep. They're going to try and pull like their Zoom and Teams meetings and stuff into the metaverse to try and get yeah. people into it to start spreading it. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a lot, man. Don't get me wrong. It's going to end up if it was something like. Have you ever seen? Um, Minority Report, where they yeah. do that thing, where he kind of he can move it around, stuff like on a big screen. If it's something similar to that, yeah. and in the future, that would be really cool. Or something like Ready Player One. Have you watched yeah. that movie? Yeah. Like once they get to the point where they can do something like that, it's going to be. Or if you've ever watched any of the animes, like the the quote unquote full dive technology type stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think once they reach that level, it's going to be amazingly popular. Oh, hundred percent. Regardless of the price. But yeah. we are not anywhere close to that. No, you're talking probably at least a couple decades away from that kind of thing. I mean, getting a desktop computer that can even render 4K graphics around you is, is ridiculous. Is, I mean, some of the new cards can at least render what you're looking at, but being able to like turn your head seamlessly is still you're talking. You're talking at least you you're need, probably you like a, a minimum of a minimum of 64 gigs of RAM, probably. A ridiculously high processor, and on top of that, just you're probably talking like two or two, or, high, one or two high video cards. Yeah, easily. Like I got, I've got a 3080 Ti. Yeah, and it could run a high resolution mm -hmm. VR headset, but that's not the same thing as running a seamless world around you. Yeah, no, that's like that's like your typical limited field of view VR game. Yeah, it's like it, the amount of processing is insane. A hundred percent. I will a hundred percent agree with you on that. So I don't know what they're going to end up doing with it because like I said, it's, it's with the simple fact, like I said, they're, they're hemorrhaging money. I think I said, they, like you said, the best course of action for them is to try to um, migrate some of those systems into like zoom and things like that into the, into the metaverse where they became, you know, inseparable. But I think he's also hedging it to the point where it's either going to be, 
either this guy is going to be incredibly he's going to he's going to hit gold again or hit oil again and be this incredibly lucky dude like he did with Facebook yeah. or he's going to fall so hard in his face that he's going to wipe out all of his assets. Well, he knows that for social media stuff like this, the first person to get universal buy-in is the person who quote-unquote wins the game. Yes. And that's what happened with Facebook is at this point, everyone's on Facebook, not because they necessarily like the platform, but because everyone else is on Facebook. And that's why like Google's attempt to take over didn't really get anywhere. Yeah. Well, because it was bad. I think objectively the Google one was better, but they were behind the eight ball on it. But they were behind the eight ball. And so I yeah. think he is hoping that he can hemorrhage some money now yeah. and tap the next gold mine. And he might be able to. It's not yet. Definitely not yet. It's one of those things, if you do it too soon, you're going to blow all your money. Yep. And it's going to get snapped up by the next guy. 100%. So like MSN is a good example of that. 100%, yeah. Or Skype is a good example of that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there, there's, well, there's tons of there's examples plenty of that, right? Com- yeah. There's plenty of companies who make great products who were even widely used for a while who were just a little bit ahead of the time. Yep. And they weren't the sexy thing whenever the public was ready for it. Prime, prime example um, that I even use, they've, they've been, this has been going for years, uh, electric cars. Henry, yeah. There was an electric car, a legitimate electric car came out around the same time that Henry Ford came out with his gasoline-powered car didn't have the same horsepower on it, but it lasted longer than his when it was like when it went toe to toe. But people didn't like it as much, and it went the way of the dodo for how many decades? Well, and even now, Tesla's putting out electric cars, and it's still Is hitting Tesla, the headwind, right? Well, exactly. And Is Tesla going to be the one that really makes it mainstream? Probably not. They're they're definitely they're definitely putting down a lot of the groundwork, but I think that somebody. Infrastructure is the thing. I think once there is enough charging stations that people can like go on a family vacation with an electric car, then it will take off. Yeah, and that will be the moment that like you know General Electric is going to jump in and release one. There's there and and thing is, Amron and those people are starting to do that little by little. Like we've got one, we've only got one charging station in the entire city of Cape right now, and that's through Amron, right? And they they're kind of doing that a little bit, right? The only thing Tesla has going for them over the other competitors right now is battery technology. Yep. Which they are legitimately way ahead on. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think once their technology either leaks or other people catch up, and especially once batteries, if they can double capacity again, which is asking for a lot. But yeah, well, that's the thing is, I'll tell you this: once, once you can get a, a two or three hundred mile charge on a battery, mm-hmm. electric cars are going to be everywhere. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I think, and now that a lot of like European companies are entering the fray. I don't think it's going to be much longer before you have some that's going to outstrip it. Honestly, yeah. this is me though. You put enough, you put enough players on the table with enough sets of hands. Somebody's bound to hit twenty-one and hit well, jackpot, right? And in a fit of incredible irony, do you want to know who one of the biggest fans of electric cars is? The huh. coal industry. Yep. <laughs> because I'm sorry, guys. Electric cars are not green. <laughs> No, they're not 100% green. No, they're not. And because electricity has to come from somewhere, guys. Electricity has to come from somewhere, and most countries do not have the green energy infrastructure to run that sort of thing. Fingers crossed. Soon. We'll see. There are some uh, some small countries, like Greenland, for example, have pushed it hard enough that their green energy grids are starting to run at a loss because they're not using all their power. But yeah. For most countries with large cities. Wow, that's when you start selling it to other countries that need it, James. Well, so here's the trouble with most green energy. Yeah. It's an always-on form of energy. Yep. It, it doesn't have the surge capacity 
for like a city to go yep. through that, you know, six to ten o'clock. Up and down, yeah. Again. And so I don't know that big power plants ever going to be gone. No, no, the they're not. The greatest thing you can do would be a switch from coal to nuclear. Yes, that has its own set of problems. But you're We're talking about James. You need some type. You need some type of powerful, large volume energy that you can turn on or off. Yes, as part of the power grid. Batteries. If you can, you you can crack the battery, the battery store, the energy storage solution. On a, you, on a city scale, you will be, a, be a big thing. You will be a billionaire. And then actually, it's funny more that you bring that up. That, that. I know. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's definitely. I've seen a lot of videos for. It, and there are a lot of really ingenious ideas out there. Without going into and making this right more. Right now, power storage is hard, and yeah. so like, some people are doing things like pumping water uphill and yeah. running it through a hydroelectric dam. Yeah. As a way of trying to store some of this green energy, but all of these are very expensive, not very efficient methods of doing things, and it just hasn't worked out yet. Fun thing oh. that if you want to go down rabbit hole, so we don't go off on a tangent, look up sand batteries. Sand batteries, okay. It's actually one of the more ingenious ideas that I've seen. So, anyways, getting back to more like actual like, <laughs> I know we went on a random tangent there, guys. I apologize, but it was just one of those things that you like we like to enjoy about. So, getting more into the anime news style type things. Um, this was this. I thought this was kind of interesting from Anime News Network. A man got arrested for selling a bootleg copy of Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball manga's debut issue. So, um, this happened a few. So, a man allegedly sold a 1984 issue 51 of Weekly Shonen Jump for 180,000 yen, which is roughly translated. I think it's like a like 11 or 1200 dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's about 100 yen to the dollar, a little less. So. He, uh, Which I've, I don't know what manga goes for, but Dragon Ball one has to be worth more than that. Well, considering that it was, they were printing it on shitty paper, so I'm sure it's in bad condition, but yeah, even if it's in bad condition. So that's the problem with a lot of these books. So it, since it was made in 84, even if you look at something like, so being a comic book collector, I can tell you this right now, unless you buy something and immediately stick it in a nylon bag with a bat, with a board backer on it, an acid free backboard. Climate controlled room. It's your your the, the the value almost immediately goes down, and even if you do that, it's still going to have a value deterioration because you're going to have tearing around the edge and things like that. So unless you slab it, which the term slabbing is, you literally put it in a plastic case where it's mounted and bracketed where it doesn't touch the sides. You have to send it off for these things. They grade like a neutral atmosphere. They grade it and then they slab it, and you can never take it out of this case again. And it's probably it'd be worth hundreds of you know dollars or whatever it is, but a lot of these places didn't exist until the well, mid nineties. Well, so. The thing is, they were printing this stuff on the cheapest paper they can get, yeah, with the cheapest ink they could get. Like uh, something I read the other day, the Hulk was it originally intended to be a gray character. Yep. Why did they make him green? Because the green was cheaper. Yep. I gave the people don't understand yep. <laughs> this stuff. It's, it's big now, but this gray, was... gray with orange pants, James. Yes, the... no. <laughs> and green, purple, purple and green is so much better. That's why they, uh, that's why they did it. it is, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love the style choices that they do that kind of thing. So, but yeah, it's. I just kind of felt bad that he he. Um, I kind of felt bad for the person that bought this, but I mean, at the same time though, the guys, uh, the guy that got arrested for it, he is alleging that he he believed it to be. Uh, authentic, but if I got nabbed for something like this, I would say I thought it was authentic too. So, but I mean, yeah, what were you supposed to say? No, officer, I thought I, I knew the, I was the victim here. 
I was the victim here. I knew it was wrong. I knew it was bad. So this is something else I thought was kind of interesting too. So quote, world's biggest anime shop unquote opens on Japan on March 16th of next year. Or um, that's what they're they're saying. So this is kind of interesting. Over in uh, Japan, yep. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a building that can be uh, around 10 floors, including a basement floor. Store will, be, will offer interactive experiences and services alongside anime and manga-related merchandise. The floor plan includes an event hall, theater space, expi- ex- exhibition area, and a cafe. So, wow. I mean, it's it's evolving. Anime is a cultural phenomenon, not just, not just in Japan, but it's such a big world. Expo- it's such a big exporter and revenue generator for the country that, like, their government is encouraging the industry. I know, as right? As a exportable product from a, well, I mean, when you're an island nation, what are you supposed to export? I mean, I mean, you got... They're not few... making enough food to export large amounts of food. No. That's our job, James. We make we make the corn for your corn syrup. That's right. And we put it in your, in your beverages and we sell them to you. We have so much corn that we tried to make gasoline out of it, which is... Very bad. Still, no. years later, makes me chuckle. But well, you know, that's that's the American people. Our right. food was so cheap, we made it, we made it ethanol, put it in our gas tanks, and that's still an awful idea. But it's that was one of those things I just thought that was kind of crazy. So, but maybe it's something you can look forward to. Maybe in a few years, James, we can uh, hop over to Japan. Uh, let's see. Anything else you want to hit? Uh, I want to mention the Star Wars franchise. That was another big one that people I thought was really cool. Yeah, no, realized that. He's had an exclusive contract on Star Wars for a long time, but the most recent game, the Star Wars Eclipse, I think, is the last game under that license. Yep. And so now that Disney owns Star Wars, they have published that they are hoping to do a Star Wars game every six months for the foreseeable future. One AAA and then one small title. Looks like we got several. A lot of a lot of studios are going to be. So there. here, let me uh, rattle some off for you. So you got. Uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is going to be the um, out. That's going to be in May. Yeah, that's going to be May 22. That is going to be the one that's going to be following up on uh, Cal uh, Ketsis, which was the one that just came out. I believe it was uh, well, Force on, uh, Force Awakened. That was uh, Outcast. No, I can't remember what yeah. the name was. It's the one that just came out was the single player one, which was really fun, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Respawn has an unannounced or untitled Star Wars first-person shooter game. Uh... Bit Reactor is a Star Wars strategy game, which I will probably end up playing that. Because I, oh, yeah. do you ever play the old uh, Star Wars strategy games, real time strategy games, James? Uh, the ones that were Age of Empires two clones. Yes, yes, they were so much fun. I did play that. I, I, I built giant shield walls. That's right. You were the Gungans, weren't you? <laughs> yes, I was the Gungans. Man, you were. Oh man, that's awful. Probably the most degenerate strategy, but hey, you know what? You do it. to win eventually because those things were very, very strong. Overpowered, one hundred percent. You have uh, the Star Wars Eclipse game, which which you you were talking about. So that is um, going to be developed by uh, uh, Quantic Dream, which are the same guys that did Heavy Rain and Detroit Become Human. Which those are um, more of like uh, uh, adventure games, uh, story driven games, like choice driven games, things like that. So. I'm going to be interested to see what they do for that. I kind of want it to be more, not as narrative driven, but I'll, I'll, I, if it's a Star Wars game, I'll probably be down for it. So, <laughs> yeah, KOTOR's, the KOTOR remake has been in the works for a while, and nobody really knows quite how far along it is. Yeah, it's going to be um, held under wraps. You got uh, ooh, Star Wars Hunters, which is, uh, Zynga is going to be. And EA is still trying to make their Old Republic MO, too, which... <sighs> 
They've been trying to make a Star Wars MMO work for a while, and it just hasn't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be. I tried playing it for a while one time there, and it just wasn't my cup of tea, man. I just. I mean, it's still alive. It's not. It's not offline like all the other ones are, but it's just. It's definitely gonna be going the way of the dodo here pretty soon. Um, I think uh, the problem with Star Wars as an MMO is that Star Wars has main character syndrome, in that the Jedi characters are so overpoweredly broken that to deliver an experience where someone can be a satisfying Jedi character and someone can play like a satisfying solo character it's impossible. They were on different power levels to begin with. Like The Jedi were supposed to be the mystical space ninjas. Yes. I I, I just I think the game, the idea of an MMO is just fundamentally not working. Unless you just make the Jedi's NPCs maybe. Yeah, you can do that, and you can definitely make it a little bit more, like you said, geared towards that roguish and even more like Joe Blow character type stuff, or even maybe even like a bounty hunter type type yeah. thing, which would be kind of fun. So, and talking about if you like to hear, um, that's something else I was really getting into recently. I know we're jumping back to what I was watching about Star <laughs> Wars, though. Andor, Star Wars Andor, which is based on it's it's basically the, the story of. How the rebellion came to start in the beginning of um, the Galactic Empire, but it's all set around the little guys. It has nothing to do with the Jedi's. If you like it, check it out on Disney Plus, guys. I'm really enjoying it. So that's one of the things that Star Wars has going for for these games is it has a massive universe. Oh yeah, with metric tons of material. And that's like you were were saying. It's like they've never really touched any of these smaller, lesser-known characters, or even everyday characters that don't have Jedi powers yeah. or just regular Joe Blows. Not everyone needs to be Ahsoka Tano, which, I don't get me wrong, I can't wait to see her because <laughs> I love Rosario Dawson, and I want to yeah. see her in a live-action version of that. But not everybody, it doesn't always need to be about Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting, you know, after uh, for the first time after... Uh, um, uh, Obi Wan drop puts down his lightsaber. You yeah. know, it's like it's you got to have so, these other things. So what I'm hoping to see is that the Star Wars video games are going to take the place of what the old open license book books did, where they continue to expand oh, and push the universe. That which will not be named, James. Yes. What I'm hope what I'm afraid <laughs> Quote, is going le- to happen. Legends. <laughs> what I'm afraid is going to happen is that this is going to turn into Disney furiously milking the Star Wars franchise for all it's worth. And kind of make up for all the blue milk they can get out of it. Yeah, I think as long as they let these studios continue to add to the universe, it'll be mm-hmm. fine. It'll be, I, I think if they overmanage yeah. them and they sterilize it, it's going to end up being really, really dead. So that is the one the one thing, before I know we, before we close out everything here, I know that is the one thing I think that the, the gaming area of the Star Wars franchise will have going for it. I think they're going to be more willing to let different things be tried in this mm-hmm. as opposed to the cinematic. Mm-hmm. You know, because I feel like they think they, I think they understand that more people that enjoy Star Wars are more people like our age and our parents' age. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to end up absorbing it through movies and television as opposed to people that are a little younger than us that still like Star Wars and things like that, or even people like our age that still are kind of in between. They're more likely uh, that are more likely to go after like the gaming things. Yeah. So I think that's where they're going to try a few new things to try to see if they can 
go in and pick up some of that money that uh, these kids are dropping. But, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to even just checking out some of these Star Wars games uh, that are on the horizon. But, uh, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much everything that I had for the day, James. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to throw in there? Uh, I was thinking about talking about the whole Bayonetta controversy, but that thing's kind of been beaten to death already. Well, yeah, like I said, she... Yeah, she Suffice could... it to say she was lying through her teeth looking for something. Yeah. Story over. <laughs> it happens, so... Yeah, she kind of... Uh, anyways, I'll leave it alone, like I said. We'll, it's... Leave, we'll leave it alone. We can talk about that for 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 100%, so, but... Uh... Anyways, guys, I hope you enjoyed this uh, pumpkin pie, whipped cream, uh, turkey leg episode that we've had going for you guys today. Um, if there's anything we missed, if there's anything that was said wrong and that you enjoyed, if you enjoyed our sultry, dulcet tones even more than we normally do, uh, just let us know. Um, and we can pick up and fix these things and try to help out and give you guys what you want to hear, if anybody's listening out there. <laughs> I doubt it. But it's still fun to kind of poke fun at you guys if you guys are listening to it. Um, either way, James, I appreciate you coming in kind of, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, uh, beating a dead uh, metaverse with me. I, so, I, it I know. As long so. as it has pumpkin spice lattes. Mm, that's right. You're my basic girl. Always that's my right. basic girl. So, <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to head out of here. Have a wonderful November, and we'll see you next month. All right. See you guys. If you're interested in keeping up to date with new episodes on our channel, Add us on any of your favorite podcasting apps or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Seriously Pointless Conversations. If you have questions or concerns, please email us at seriouslypointlessconvo at gmail.com. We appreciate any feedback. Thank you for listening to our show.